The Restless Heart Podcast, Episode 3, Confession. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Restless Heart Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Nessa. What have you been up to this week, Nessa? I went binge watching on Prison Break with Netflix. <laughs> oh, how far have you got? I'm um, on the second season. Okay, it starts to middle. suck about halfway through. No, don't tell me that. I'm like hooked. The first season was, was mind-blowing. I absolutely loved it. But it goes downhill. No. What happens to the doctor? Wait, no, don't tell me. <laughs> no, you, you, you have to experience that yourself. Okay. So what did you do this weekend? Steubenville. So lots of driving around of speakers and band members. I can pretty much drive to the airport now in my sleep. Aww. But it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. It oh, was... wait, you sent me a picture. The bishop was there. Mm-hmm. What was bishop that McElroy? like? Uh, it was fantastic. He offered the final mass. Mm. How many people attended this year? Normally it's about 5,000 teenagers. Yeah. They had started an Orange County, Steubenville, a few weeks before. So the numbers were purposely down a little bit, but it's still thousands of teenagers. What about young adults? I'm not sure how many were in the 18 to 23 track. Mm. But my friend Noel flew in from Kansas City to to be one of the speakers, which is very exciting. You know one of the speakers? We're tight. Oh my god. I know know all the best people. Of course you do. (laughs) But yeah, it was a wonderful weekend. And my favorite part, well, lots of favorite parts. They have a mass adoration on Friday night and Saturday night, which goes on for hours. Never Wait, you they could... had mass on Friday? No, they had adoration oh, okay. on Friday and Saturday, and then they had mass on Sunday with the bishop. Mm. And then after mass, they have effectively an altar call, but for vocations. Oh, so, that's my favorite. So if anyone is considering that they might possibly be feeling called to go into the priesthood or monastic life, they come forward and then they get prayed for and they get all of the nuns and sisters. Oh man, it gives me the feels to seeing everyone's hands. Okay, I used to volunteer with production like mm-hmm. for a couple of years and I didn't get to go this year, but just seeing everyone's hands, like 5,000 people just boom, praying over like a small little mob of little teenagers. Right, and not even that small. I'm all, I'm always blown away by the number of people. Oh yeah, they surround the whole the stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have their own little mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we talking about today, Nessa? Confesiones. And in English? Confession. Ah. See, confession is my favorite sacrament. Mm-mm. It's my favorite sacrament for other Mm-mm. people. I went to confession yesterday and I was bawling my eyes out. I had to like, <laughs> tell Father Anthony, I'm like, can I, can I clean myself up first before I go out? He's like, sure, sure, of course. Okay, thank you. Oh my God, it was bad. But it was good. It was good. Good cry. So I know we have a few non-Catholic listeners who listen to this podcast, so they may have never been to confession and might not know a whole lot about it. So, Nessa, tell the people about confession. What is it? Just run away, guys. No, I'm joking. (laughs) It's when you go basically face-to-face with a priest or you go into a confessional or some kind of screen where you don't see the priest face-to-face and you tell him your sins and then he normally gives you advice on how to overcome that and then he says a prayer and then boom you're done then you can receive communion so for those who aren't catholic you might also wonder where does confession come from 
And it comes actually originally from the Old Testament. So the Bible's divided into the New Testament and the Old Testament. And there was a form of confession in the Old Testament. You'd go to a priest, you would confess your sin, and you would offer a lamb or a goat, and that animal would be killed, and your sins would be forgiven. You actually read about this in Leviticus 5. Uh, Would you like to read it? Sure. When anyone becomes aware that they are guilty, they must confess in what way they have sinned. Ugh, yeah. As a penalty for the sin they have committed, they must bring the Lord a female lamb or goat from the flock as a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for them for their sin. In the Old Covenant, you had a way of dealing with sin. You went to the priest, there was a confession of the sin, and then there was the death of an animal, and your sins were atoned for. Well, in the New Testament, it gets better. It's now not the blood of some dumb animal, but the blood of Christ. And so in the Catholic Church, we go to a priest, we confess our sins, and by the blood of Christ, our sins are atoned for. Ouch, that hurts, because I'm like trying to think that if I had to be in that era, I'd kill a lot of poor little goats. <laughs> <laughs> and like just thinking of like the significant number of goats, I'm like, eek, I've crucified... You would wipe out flocks and flocks of them, oh, I'm sure. like, Jesus, I've <laughs> hurt him. Now, some people might say, okay, so you can sort of see confession in the Old Testament, but we're in the New Covenant now. We're in the New Testament. Well, if you actually look in the penultimate chapter of John's Gospel, it's one of the resurrection appearances where Jesus comes to his apostles and he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So why did the Father send Jesus? To take away sin. And so now Jesus is doing the same thing with his apostles. He basically said, tag your it. Tag your it. That's a (laughs) That's, that's a really good summary of Acts of the Apostles. So Jesus breathes on them. We talk about Scripture being God-breathed. Well, here Christ is breathing on you know, the living, breathing, fresh, yes, the Ruach Yahweh, the Spirit of God. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So here he's giving his apostles the authority to forgive sins, which would be a kind of pointless thing to do if he never expected them to go around and forgive people's sins which is what their successors, the priests and the bishops, that's what they do today in the Catholic Church. And we also see this in the Epistle of James in chapter 5. It's just been speaking about the presbyters, the priests, coming and laying hands on and anointing the sick. James then says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. This is what the church has done for 2,000 years. St. Paul describes it as the ministry of reconciliation, drawing man and God back to each other. So... If it says this in the Bible, why is it omitted in our Protestant brothers and sisters, I guess, church curriculum? Yeah, some of it stems from how some Protestant groups, and it's whenever you talk about Protestantism, you've always got to underscore the fact that not all Protestants are the same. Not all of them are going to hold the views that I'm going to suggest. But I'd say in large part, it comes from the idea of how we are saved, the idea that we that salvation is a one-time event, we commit our lives to Christ, and then sin doesn't touch us. So once saved, I'll be saved. Yeah, once saved, always saved, and saved by faith alone, invite Jesus to be the Lord of your heart. But the Catholic Church realizes that, well, once we become a Christian, we can still fall, we can still sin, and we can sin gravely. And so both in Scripture and in the living tradition of the Church, it recognizes that Jesus gave his apostles the power and the authority to forgive sins. And 
This is how it's achieved through the sacrament of confession. So there's a difference between sins. There's a mortal and venial. Mm-hmm. So venial sin wounds our relationship with God. It hurts charity in the soul, and mortal sin kills it. So I like to talk about relationships, and I want to know how would this correlate with marriage? Okay, this might work. If you don't open the car door for your wife, it's going to hurt the relationship. If you get in the car and drive off without her and leave her stranded... Oh, it's going to kill it. That's going to kill it. We find mortal sin talked about in the epistle of John, 1 John 5. And actually, if you read the King James Version, it actually even uses the phrase mortal sin. It distinguishes between the, the kind of sin which hurts the soul, hurts charity, and that which kills it. And the Catholic Church teaches that a mortal sin, it's going to have three conditions. You can read about this in the Catechism, paragraph 1854. It's got to be grave matter, so the sin has to be intrinsically evil. It has to be immoral in and of itself, something very serious. It has to be committed with full knowledge, which means the person committing the sin has to know that this is grave matter. And lastly, deliberate consent. This has to be something freely chosen. You have to freely choose in full knowledge to commit a sin that is intrinsically evil and immoral. Example? Uh, sleeping with somebody who is not your wife. Ooh. This is a grave matter. If you're committing it with full knowledge and you are deliberately choosing it. You're deliberately. I accidentally slept with someone else. It's, it's <laughs> well, <laughs> how, how many times have you watched a movie or a TV show and they said, oh, it was an accident. I accidentally fell I on accidentally her face got naked and kissing and found, her. Yeah. <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me of a story. I knew this guy who was dating a non-Catholic and she basically was trying to convince him to sleep with her. And he said, no, that's wrong. He's like, no, don't worry about it. God will forgive us. And I'm like, that's premeditated. That's mm-hmm. not even, what? No. And it's, it's grave and it's, it's, it's presuming on God's grace. And you do also kind of have to wonder, you know, if, if I'm going to go and commit this, and it's like, oh, I'll be forgiven. Have you actually really repented? Not really. So we gave a little introduction before as to what happens in confession. Let's, let's, let's go step by step. So you enter the confessional or you, you know, speak face to face, like I was saying earlier. I always go face to face just because it's with my accent. It's kind of pointless me going <laughs> into a confessional. When I first moved to the States, I was in D.C. I hadn't been to confession yet in the States. And I rushed there straight after, after work. And I was... Just a few minutes before that period of time for confessions was about to end, I got into the confessional and I took a breath to speak and I started laughing because I realized as soon as I say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, from the other side, I was going to hear, oh, hi, David. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was telling Father Anthony in the confessional yesterday um, that it was really hard for me because I know him. Mm -hmm. Um, But he didn't he didn't say anything. He just he just said proceed, basically. And so I did. And do you prefer it face-to-face? What has helped me um, mostly is face-to-face. It's just nice seeing someone's face and knowing that they're not going to, like, yell at me. I'm not in trouble, you know? (laughs) I feel like a nine-year-old, just like, Mommy, Daddy, I'm so sorry I did this, you know? I don't have to see that angry face. They're just looking at me with compassion. It looks like they genuinely want to help me Mm. because they can see how much it's destroyed me just carrying this around. And just and they can see yeah, I'm struggling just to tell them, 
So it's kind of like we're more human, I guess. I, I'm not like a number, you know. You know how like you go to the doctors and they're just mm-hmm. looking at the clipboard the whole time, and I'm just like, hello. It hurts here. It hurts here. It hurts here. And he's just writing it down, you know. Now he's actually looking at me face to face. But to be honest, sometimes it does. Depending on what I've done, mm-hmm. I I do feel ashamed, and I will hide behind a little <laughs> screen. Nice to get a little bit of anonymity. But I try. I try to do face to face. Okay, so you come to either confessional or you know, to the priest face to face. And then you basically say how long it's been since your last confession. Well, I've heard that they don't require that anymore. And it's still pretty common. I, I, I always do it so that way the priest knows what he's dealing with. <laughs> my last confession was uh, January 19. You know, they yeah. know that they've, that, they, that they've got a lot to deal with. So what I learned in catechism was you tell the father, you know, you do the sign of the cross, name Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then you say, forgive me, Father, for it's been, you know, two weeks since my last confession or, you know, I've never gone to confession before. They actually had a scene like that in prison break. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Sorry. And then you just basically tell them what you did wrong and then um, he's not allowed to tell anybody, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. They're not allowed to say anything to anybody for any reason. So it's called the seal of the confessional. And um, I find that very comforting. Yeah, very comforting to, to speak freely, mm-hmm. to actually just like let it all out without worrying about, you know, so-and-so knowing so-and-so and telling them. And then like you're just like paranoid, like somebody knows what I did. And then he'll ask you questions sometimes to counsel you or to figure out where you are in life. Because, you know, we all walk in different you know stages in our, in our faith journey. And so some of us, like me, sometimes will glaze over what we've done <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and then some of us will go into detail. And so when we go, he's, I can tell like some priests will try and figure out what caused a certain sin. Mm-hmm. Like they're not trying to figure out like the dirt on you. They genuinely want to know, okay, what causes and how can I help them as well? And it's, it's really nice. It's kind of like, well, like counseling. But free. I know. See, Catholic Church, best deal ever. <laughs> And then after that, they give you a penance. And mm-hmm. so one of my favorite penances was there's this particular person that I just did not like. I was so upset with them. And I was told to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And It's kind of hard to hate people when you're asking God to bless them. Basically, I, d- I dedicated this whole rosary to them. And I just, bleh. but I mean, it really does change you, mm-hmm. you know. It's, I, I've had priests who are of the more creative kind. So they would take that situation, you know, let's say I've been complaining about a housemate. It's like, okay, I'd like you to cook that housemate dinner oh. every week <laughs> for a month. For a month. <laughs> that might have worked too. <laughs> what priest was that? <laughs> oh, don't worry. He's safely in England. Well, you're not going like, to let your English friends know? No. <laughs> I'll let it be a nice surprise for them. <laughs> And then at the end, you basically say the act of contrition. So there's different forms of it. Mm-hmm. Some for little kids, some for adults. And I always say the little kid one because that's the simplest one for me. And I, I like the parishes that include it in the confessional or have a piece of paper. Oh, nearby. they added it to Our Lady of Mark Carmel. It wasn't there. I had to like walk in with my app, the mm-hmm. Laudate app, and look up all the, like, all the different ones. And then just recently, like I think maybe a couple weeks ago, I noticed it. It was just laminated right there in front of you (laughs) and then he gives you absolution 
And then you make the sign of the cross. Um, and then he just says, David, you want to say it? Sure. Uh, it's, it's really beautiful. It's some of, the, some of the most moving words I think a priest ever gets to say. God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, may God give you pardon and peace, and I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See? Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So it's not the priest forgiving you. No. It's Jesus. It's Jesus working through the priest mm-hmm. forgiving you. And a lot of people that aren't Catholic don't know that, or a lot of Catholics actually themselves don't know that. Yeah. And when I, when I talk to non- non-Catholics about confession, I'll obviously point them to, to scripture and to tradition, but honestly, I just like telling them it's an amazingly liberating experience to confess out loud your sins and to have somebody stand in the place of Jesus and tell you that your sins are forgiven. And it makes a difference when you speak your sin into words mm-hmm. because it forces you to realize what you have done yeah. and to not do it again. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with Abraham when he had to sacrifice his son. He had to go through that. Mm-hmm. just so he, I feel like God had him do it just so he could know how much he loved God. Mm-hmm. So just verbalizing that so that we can know how we have offended God. Yeah. What's the heaviest penance you've ever had? An entire rosary. <laughs> Amateur. My worst one has been the Stations of the Cross. Oh, that's longer than the rosary. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned in one of the previous episodes, I go to a Byzantine Catholic church, and our confession is a little bit different. What? We don't have a confessional. Oh. You actually go to the front of the church. Oh. We have this, it's called the iconostasis. It's an icon screen. And you stand in front of the icon of Christ, and the priest then comes to your side. And this is it, it, like out in the open. Out in the open. In the oh no mm. no 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 no. I, m- my 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 old priest. He used to tell me several times to keep my voice down because apparently I was confessing my <laughs> sins too loudly. <laughs> there are some beautiful prayers, and when the priest gives you absolution, you typically bow or kneel, and he takes the Eastern equivalent of the stole and places it on your head. So it's the sign Whoa. of his priestly authority that your sins are forgiven. And you've, and you've confessed all of this before the icon of Christ. But the, the prayers on, in the East are just gorgeous. I wanted to read, read one of them. So this is the last thing you hear before you start confessing. Behold, my spiritual child, Christ stands here invisibly and receives your confession. Therefore, be not afraid or ashamed and conceal nothing from me. But tell me without hesitation all you have done so you can have pardon from our Lord Jesus Christ. Behold, his holy image is before us, and I am but a witness bearing testimony before him of the things that you have to say. But if you shall conceal anything, you shall have the greater sin. Take heed, therefore, lest having come to the physician, you depart unhealed. What? Why doesn't my church do that? <laughs> that is great, because like, sometimes when I get to, like, when I'm next, I suddenly forget all my sins. And then I'm like a saint. <laughs> I'm like, I have no sins. Well, I've been good. <laughs> <laughs> but well, this one, one of, well yes one of my one of my suggestions actually to if you if you forget your sins <laughs> write them down <laughs> do an examination of conscience before you go to confession and write them down it also means that you're less likely to skip things that are a little bit more embarrassing what advice would you have for people going to confession for me mm-hmm. don't hold anything back mm-hmm. just like just like you're talking to a best friend or to your parent or to whoever you confide in what has been bothering you and what you want to overcome and just let it out. You have uh, the freedom is amazing. I cannot 
express that, you know, anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't know how our Protestant brothers and sisters confess their, confess their sins, or at least in private. I just, I need to verbally say it out loud. It's like saying, I love you, and you can't say, I love you. You know, it, it, we're human. We need to speak this. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to describe the feeling that you have when you walk away from confession after a really good confession, the, the, the lightness, the spring you have in your step of laying down all of, all of that. It's like, hurt. for me, it's like my dignity was returned. So I mm -hmm. think of the woman caught in adultery. Mm -hmm. You know, you see the son of God coming, this holy person, the most holiest person on the planet coming at you. And you're like, oh, great. He's going to give me the final blow because he has every right to do it. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't. And instead he forgives you and, he, you know, he tells you to sin no more. And so it's like you're human again. It's like, it's okay. I love you. And like, because I've gotten that back, I want to maintain that every possible way. And like, we say that in the act of contrition, you know. Um, you mentioned the woman caught in adultery. One of my friends, she loved the story, that story and the woman at the well. And she would often say of herself from her own encounter with Christ, he knows everything about me and loves me anyway. What would you suggest for Catholics? Uh, I mentioned do an examination of conscience, write it down, because if nothing else, it mm. means I just, I, just, I just read what's on the paper. <laughs> then shred it when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a friend who had lost her voice, and so she gave a written confession to the priest. Oh, my God. And then at the end, he took it and burned it in front of her. Oh, wow. And go regularly. I actually have a reminder in my calendar. So we're now at the start of the month. So my, my calendar popped up and told me it's time to go to confession. Mm, that's a good idea. It just helps you to not let it slip. It's good to have a, a regular practice. And I had a priest back in England. He said, David, what's, what's the definition of a sacrament? So I said, it's an outward sign of an inward grace instituted by Jesus Christ. He says, yes. I want you to make the outward sign more outward. So after confession, it is time to celebrate. Go and buy yourself an ice cream, get yourself that chocolate bar, rent that DVD. <laughs> that sounds so great. I would suggest to everybody, after you go to confession, celebrate. And it's actually a nice little bit of motivation as you're dragging your heels to confession the next month. You think, well, at the end of it, I get to have ice cream. Well, it's like good motivation for kids as well if you go as a family. It's like, all right, guys, let's get some ice cream after mm -hmm. this. And I've, I've known families that do that. They'll, they'll, go, they'll go to confession as a family, and then they'll, they'll go get ice cream afterwards. Oh, that's lovely. Good episode. So what are you up to this week? I am going to go to Goretti Mass this Friday. So am I. I, I hear they've got a speaker. Uh, I know. Speaking afterwards. He has an amazing accent. I know. He's from England. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm giving a talk at, at the Goretti Mass in Little Italy this Friday. Is there life before marriage? Ooh. Mass is at 6.30 at Our Lady of the Rosary. This is in Little Italy. And after Mass, we have food. And after food, we have David. <laughs> that easy. Yeah. So even if you don't want to come and hear me speak, there will be free food. So thank you all again for listening. Please like, share, subscribe. Write us a review in iTunes, Google Play. Questions. Yep, you can contact us via the website, restlesspilgrim.net. You can tweet us at David and Nessa. Tweet us your questions, your topic suggestions. Dating, uh, dating, please. <laughs> no, we've just had an episode on dating. We'll give it a break for a while. Okay, every other episode. Not every other episode. I can't talk about dating. This is often. horrible compromise here. <laughs> okay, 
You ready for the sign-off? Yes. You made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts will wander restless until we rest in you. All you holy angels and saints, pray for us.